I believe happiness in life is when reality meets the expectation. And by writing down all these things, you're raising the expectation. So the reality, it will be harder for the reality to match or exceed it to achieve happiness. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. I have been waiting for months for this product to come out and it's finally here, the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Focus Shot. Four Sigmatic has always believed in seeking energy through nutrient-dense foods, sleep hygiene, movement, and hydration. So when they came up with this product as an alternative to all those gnarly energy drinks that are out there, I was so excited. This is the first ready-to-drink product that promotes focus and energy without all the gnarly ingredients. You can sip half of the bottle of Lion's Mane and Guayusa with a powerful pineapple taste from only real ingredients. No artificial sweeteners or flavors are allowed. I can drink half of the bottle in the morning and then half in the afternoon, and it doesn't make me feel weird and jittery in the afternoon. Go to foursigmatic.com and use the promo code radicallyloved, that's R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-V-E-D, to get a special discount on all the Four Sigmatic products. Back to our show. Hey listeners, we need your support. Help us by subscribing and rating to this podcast. Send us a snapshot of your review or comment and we will send you a very special Radically Loved gift. Send your comment to info at radicallyloved.com. You can also click on the show notes here on this podcast for more information. If you want to be part of our community, please click the link to our private Facebook group, on the show notes of this particular podcast so you can be the first to hear of upcoming trainings, retreats, and special Radically Loved events. Thanks so much for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to Radically Loved Radio. I'm sitting here with one of my favorite people in the entire planet. Uh, in the Four Sigmatic head- headquarters, can we call this headquarters? I don't know headquarters, but it is a place. <laughs> it's a, it's, <laughs> it's a space um, <laughs> with Taro, and he's been on the podcast before. Obviously, he's also a fan of the show, so I'm excited to have him here. Huge fan of the show. Huge fan of you. Oh, Congrats on being on the cover of uh, Yoga oh, Magazine. I, I love that you just <laughs> slipped that in there. Congratulations on your new book. Santa Soul Shrooms. Thank you. Uh, I loved this book so much, and I I want to ask you about it because we are both very passionate about tradition and mm-hmm. keeping tradition alive. And I really feel like 
you did it in such a, a poetic and beautiful way with the story. Mm -hmm. And so do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what the book's about? Yeah, it's called Santa Sold Shrooms, and it tells the story of where traditions of Santa Claus come from. And they come from about 5,000 years ago from this indigenous group of people called the Sami. And they tie into the celebration around winter solstice. So Christmas uh, kind of ties into that tradition. And, and there's a lot of rituals when, if that's the when the day's the shortest, and then midsummer or summer solstice when the day's the longest, there's all this ritual of death and rebirth or end of a one year and start of a new year. And it's a ritual and a habit of stopping, reflecting, pulling wisdom, and then hopefully applying that to the new year. So I think it's just good to have those frameworks as we're working on ourselves and becoming better and better. So yeah. I think this is a, I mean, just is a beautiful ritual and the Sami people have these amazing traditions and those traditions have lasted for thousands of years. And today, unfortunately, just uh, Santa Claus has become um, someone who sells sugar water and chemicals. Yeah. And back in the day, sold cocaine because Coca-Cola had cocaine in it. You know, it was caffeine, sugar, and cocaine. That's yeah. a pretty strong blend. <laughs> I mean, no surprise that it got pretty popular at one point. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Where do you think we lost that, do you think? What happened? Was it just like the commercialization of our society? Um, so obviously over time, as stories are told, it's like a game of telephone. So. Mm -hmm. You know, stories change, different cultures, they travel through, through, uh, through this area called Lapland above the Arctic Circle, through the Slavic countries, to Turkey, Turkey, Italy, Italy, Germany, Germany, Netherlands, and the Dutch brought it to the U.S. So it traveled through a long time period and long, you know, landmass, and during that time things change, and that's totally normal. Um, there are a couple ways how it took a major pivot along the way. One of them is Christianity. It was a pagan tradition, as we think pagan is not any more religious than any other religion, but it was not just okay for the Orthodox Church or the Catholic Church, so they tied it into a, a Turkish bishop called St. Nicholas, and that's where it kind of like the tradition got tied up to um, a saint or St. Nicholas. So that's where some of the Sami history got lost. And then the second pivot is when it came to the U.S. and it was just a story time for kids, but then there was an opportunity to sell products and commercialized. And, and I guess Coca-Cola embraced it better than anyone else, but they were not the only ones trying to sell stuff. And um, it was just a good excuse to sell stuff because kids were waiting for Santa and gifts. And, you know, it was a good, like, hookup for the yeah, parents. Yeah. Guilt the parents to buy stuff. <laughs> guilt, so. I love that it's like, yeah, the, the sort of buying your affection or love. I yeah. know it's terrible to say, but it's true. And gift giving was part of the Sami tradition from the beginning and celebrating with loved ones, kind mm -hmm. of quieting down. Like I said, it's kind of end of the year, the death of one period, the birth of another period. Yeah. So a lot of the traditions still today are there, but it's just kind of covered with a lot of extra fluff. Yeah. Why do you think it's important for us to view a story like the story of Santa Claus um, or any tradition through the eyes of a child? Uh, that's a great question. So the story, just to kind of backpedal, is instead of just writing out the facts and the proof that why does Santa come from the chimney, why there are red ornaments on the trees, yada, 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 
Instead, I wanted to write a pet time story. And so the Santa Social Rooms tell the story of a 10-year-old little girl and her father kind of talking about this bedtime story. And, and I think it was important for a few reasons. First of all, um, that's how everything started. The whole point, it was a story. Like if you've ever spent time with indigenous cultures or more and more primal settings, it's all about stories. There was no mm -hmm. computers. There was no Instagram memes, yeah. you know? It was, that's how education happened was through stories. Right. So it's, all, it's almost like mandatory that to pay homage to that tradition that there is a bedtime story. Yeah. But to the children point is, is even though this book is probably as much or even more for adults than it is for kids, I think it's, it's, it's the magic of the open mind and the curiosity of the little girl in the book that is so important. And it just reminds us how we've lost that excitement. So even if this Sami thing would not be true, which it is true, mm -hmm. it's still like there's something amazing about the excitement of a kid waiting for Christmas mm -hmm. that we adults rarely have about anything in life anymore. Like yeah. anything. Anything. Um, so just the, the beauty and the, the, of that true emotion and excitement that children have is just kind of captivating. So Yeah, yeah I really love the mysticism and the wanderment of having stories like that still being told and especially for you know the younger generation and I know for us as adults as well when uh earlier not earlier this year I'm like I don't even know what month we're in in <laughs> October um I led a yoga and meditation retreat in Iceland and it was my first time there and it really sort of re reawakened my love and curiosity for mythical stories mm -hmm. of like elves and trolls and like you know just all the the traditional stories about elves that have been told like you said for generations and kind of where how far we've come from that belief system and and I'm not saying oh we have to believe in all of these things but I'm saying like there's there's something really beautiful and um, magical about being able to expand your mind in a way that's mm -hmm. not confined because we're we're in this society where everything is so rigid and linear and there's no room for expansion or um, honoring of tradition mm -hmm. right yeah, and Iceland, one of the five Nordic countries, is probably a prime example. So if you ever, if you're listening and you get the chance to go to Iceland, which is very easy from the east coast, especially inexpensive and quite a quick, quick, you'll notice that like about majority of Icelandic people still believe in trolls and elves, and maybe it's because they've been isolated. Maybe maybe because there's not that many people. There's a couple hundred thousand people <clears throat> um, in the whole country. But they definitely have this deeper connection um, with these other creatures and, and just the mystical dream work, almost like Disney-like yeah. like world that they still firmly believe in. And yeah. it's quite nice. Yeah, I like it. I mm -hmm. think it's great. W tell me the, the role of mushrooms in, in all of these stories, especially the one about Santa Claus. Well... The without spoiling the whole story and don't spoil the story. <laughs> they have to so read it. a mystical mushroom plays a key role in the birth of Santa Claus and Christmas. Mm 
So there would not be Christmas in Santa Claus without this mushroom. And the mushroom is called Amanita muscaria, or a common name is fly agaric. And it's the world's most famous mushroom that nobody knows. And what I mean with that is that there's almost nobody on earth who doesn't know this mushroom, but there's just a handful of people who actually know what it is. For example, if you take your phone and you type in a mushroom emoji, this mushroom comes up. It's not, there's 1.5 million different options of mushrooms, but it's Amanita <laughs> muscaria that comes up. Super Mario <laughs> jumps and collects superpowers. It collects this mushroom and then becomes stronger and better. It's Alice in the Wonderland. It's in Disney stuff. If you look, start looking at Disney movies or old photos from even 50s, 60s, uh, but definitely th 30s and 40s, but like 50s, 60s, and in all of these old illustrations, it's this mushroom Amanita muscaria. It is quite legendary. And what's funny about it, it is that it's part poisonous, part psychedelic mushroom, but it's legal in every other state except Louisiana, which is a whole other story. But it is a legal psychedelic that shows up from Disney to Alice in the Wonderland to, um, to computer games and into our iPhone as well. So it's quite legendary and very few people know how it ties up to Santa Claus. So, so you'll have to read the book to... You're actually drinking your uh, adaptogen coffee from an Amanita Muscaria mm -hmm. mug. Yeah. For those of you listening, so this is about to get weird is what he's saying. No, not necessarily. <laughs> we, can, we can leave it at that. But it is a mushroom that everybody's seen and multiple times. You just don't know. Oh, I made it. you mushies. Didn't yes, I you make? did. Yeah, I did. And those were Amanitas. Yeah. You made, the... me, you made me psychedelic mushroom. I did. <laughs> without knowing that they were psychedelic. Right. Isn't that pretty funny? That's really funny. I, I feel like, does that, where does that come from, this your subconscious or the psyche? I think it's just a lineage. Amanita grows all around the world and pretty much I would, again, can prove this, but I believe that all ancestors probably had a relationship with this mushroom, so it's somewhere deep in our lineage. Yeah. Well, I know that my, so my grandmother on my father's side is Peruvian, mm -hmm. and so, you know, she has all these different traditions and stories that have been passed down from her, you know, from the indigenous culture that can trace back all the way to, you know, the, the Incan ancestry. And so a lot of the modalities of healing anytime we were sick was tinctures mm -hmm. and was different herbs or different rituals or prayers or saging or, you know, all of these different, you know, indigenous types of, uh, of traditions as a way of healing. Can I stop you there? Yeah. Let's take it one step further. Sauna that we go after the workout is a, originally a spiritual practice of a sweat lodge. Tobacco that now is smoked so widely by people in a commercial way was also part of a ceremony. Yoga, mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't even need to go there, but it was also part or is part of a spiritual practice. Yeah. So Santa Claus being arguably the world's most famous man and person that people in Africa and Asia celebrated beyond just religion or anything um, is a great example, but it only highlights one of many ways how we've taken ancient traditions and ceremonies and just commercialized them to the max. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. Yeah. Why do you think we do that? Why can't we just keep things? I think it's 
probably case by case, but I think when it happens modern day is that we're kind of scared of the depth that some of these things have mm. and the, the truth that they contain. So it's just easier to fluff it out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like in a lot of the practices that, that I do personally, I see a lot of people falling away when it's time to, you know, sit for an extended hour hour of, of time in meditation or, or chanting. Or chanting. People get freaked out. Yeah. It's like, oh, can't do this. Yeah. Can't have anything spiritual. Yeah. I'm it's just like, here for the sweat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When it's it's to me, I, I always am the optimist, right? I'm like, it's a gateway. Like everything's sure. a gateway. You know, and, and however it is that you're attracted or drawn to get there, so long as it's a gateway. Sure, but can we agree that if it's a gateway, there needs to be progression? Absolutely. So yeah. you, you need to be able to push the boundary. Gateway just means that your starting point is lower, or, but then as you go, you kind of open your eye to different possibilities. Yeah. Even if you disagree with them, yeah. at least you explore them. Yeah. In your practice, even in the last five years, mm -hmm. how have you seen the progression in your own life? And when we talk about practice, are we talking yoga practice? We're talking about, like <laughs> just practice in your life. You're, yeah. you're a traditionalist. You do mm -hmm. things. You're always working on yourself. You're constantly sure. pushing the boundaries and exploring different ways. And in the process also a, a, of cultivating your business mm -hmm. and your brand, like these are things that you do. It's not like you're just... This just the business. I mean, from what I know about you, you're constantly on the path. Yeah. So if I have to at least attempt to summarize the last five years learning, it would be that life is simple but not always easy. And what I mean with that is that in the last five to six years as I've been building for Sigmatic, I just by sheer life situation, I... I can like reflect a little less. I read a, like almost no, nothing. And a lot of my lessons come from practice versus theory. Hmm. And for example, when building company, interacting with other people, building relationships, you know, the feel, feelings of being rejected, taking my business to the US and saying, I want to get all Americans to drink mushrooms and nobody believing in it. And all those processes that happen along the way, um, I've had to practice a lot of the stuff that I've read and researched over the years, a lot of them in a very challenging environment. And it kind of always comes down to the stuff that the answers are very simple. But to practice them is quite hard. Or sometimes hard, sometimes easy. But it's just um, how my things have evolved. Is like, I don't know how I learned dramatically many things in the last five years but it's just like it's just the depth has become many many times deeper just because you've mm. had to practice them in 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 real life situations and you have to fire an employee or or, yeah. uh, or you have to go and people laugh at you and you know those the stoic philosophy things as well as like humility and how to deal with also success which also scares a lot of people is like when actually things go well when you uh hit your head against the wall 15 times and then on the 16th the wall breaks <laughs> and it's like oh I actually broke yeah, I didn't realize that so um, that's what maybe the theme of the last five years has been just like practicing those things that I've already knew but having a deeper understanding because I've had to do them in, in real life
Yeah, and and overcome them and and continue to thrive and continue to move forward and move past it. I think because you've been able to get past that. And how many businesses, even that you've known since you've been in business, have mm-hmm. stopped or given up or people mm-hmm. that you know start something and they don't follow through or they can't finish? And that's a full circle to the childlike mentality is like how when I've seen myself included, when you start a business, you are naive and excited and you're doing many things, right? Mm-hmm. But then reality starts to slap you in the face. So at what point the, you still keep smiling and have, if not the exact same level of excitement, like some significant amount of excitement. So when it's raining and it's windy, how you still keep smiling, I think that's the challenge that a lot of people face yeah. and they struggle to overcome. Yeah, and I don't think it's a matter of, oh, you were raised this way, so that means it's easier, or you were raised with none of that, that means it's harder. I really think it's a choice, right? I think that we mm-hmm. get to decide as adults which route we want to take and how we want to behave in the world. Yeah, I, agree. I totally agree. And it's also a matter of sacrifices. It's what are you willing to give up to get what you want the most? Um, and if you have those priorities in order and have that conversation with yourself, it can be quite easy. But like if you've not had that conversation, it might be hard because you have to give up on something. Mm-hmm. This podcast is brought to you by Omega Power Creamer, the keto coffee creamer that provides high quality fats to your morning coffee. This easy to use all-in-one blendable creamer gives you the same benefits of keto coffee without the mess and the hassle. And it was also designed to make it super convenient and great for when you're on the go. A lot of you know that I travel so much and I always travel with my Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee and I always like to add either MCT oil or ghee and I like to blend it and I found this incredible product that combines all of those things in one. It has grass-fed ghee, organic fair trade, virgin coconut oil, MCT oil, and sunflower lecithin and it's completely sugar-free. Many of you know that I've struggled (laughs) with my sugar addiction and it's something that I've gotten really, really good about eradicating completely from my diet and I know that in the new year this is going to be super helpful and I'm really grateful that we were able to partner together to create a happier and healthier community. This creamer is easy to use. You just pour it into your coffee and you blend it up and it's ready to enjoy. There's four different flavors, original, vanilla, cacao, and cinnamon. And you can check out their website, powercreamer.com and use code RADLOVE1 for 10% off your first order. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the rest of this podcast. Just kind of going back to this idea of uh, tradition and, you know, the the book that you wrote, the story and about gift giving and uh, this this I, this theme of looking deeper and, mm-hmm. and really looking at the grander scope or the macrocosm of our lives. How, what, what have been some of the best gifts you've received? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm like, mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. Um, well, there's many, and um, they usually tie as a symbol to a certain phase of my life. 
Like as a kid, I remember getting a gift and me and my brother had been asking for years and we we're just too poor to buy it. But it was like a, like a sledge that you could go in snow. And with my oh, brother, oh, we yeah. shared. It's like a sledge with wheel, kind of wheels. It's kind of hard to explain, but... Describe it. Um, two kids can sit on it. Okay. There is a steering wheel mm. and there is a front ski that you can guide yourself in hills but he also has kind of like stable back skis so it's kind of like safe. a snowmobile like, yeah snowmobile without an engine okay is oh, somewhat cool. close yeah so that was like exciting because like we'd ask it for a long time and i shared the experience with my brother i think if i would have received it or my brother would have received it it would have been nice but less nice because because we shared it it was like extra special so that's for sure one that I remember from my childhood. Um, I think quite recently, um, I th think, that's a tough one. There's always like the thoughts and the depth of those that have really mattered. Quite recently, um, which is, this is the funniest, this is not the best gift I've had, or just the one that came to my mind. We, our team is fully distributed, so you don't have to come to the office. That's why there's, we're here on a Wednesday and there's, we and we're the only ones <laughs> at the office. So, but, so we have these team offsites where our Four Sigmatic team meets and we have them a few times a year and we had one in Santa Barbara and I always buy people gifts. It's kind of what I do. It's, call it a love language or whatever, but I definitely buy gift people giving. random, yeah, gift giving. And, uh, the, that time when we were in Santa Barbara, my team got me a gift without me knowing, which is, doesn't, doesn't happen because I buy gifts. And then I had given, and they had found out that as a kid, um, I was a huge fan of Black Sabbath, the first seven albums when they were like bluesy, rocky. And they had somehow gotten a, a traditional Finnish mug to Ozzy Osbourne, and he had signed it. And I'm not at all into like anything like that, but it's just that the thought was so beautiful that they had gone out of their way to get this muck to his house and so for he can sign so it. So he could sign it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's an example of like with thought and effort and surprise. Yeah. Like, like obviously the gift needs to be meaningful. There, I think element of surprise makes a gift better if you expect to get gifted. It's, yeah. it's nice, but less nice. So the element of surprise, the element of a good gift, but then also like the, just the love and the caring that went to get it. You can't, you could even just order it from Uber Eats, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Postmates. Oh, Postmates, whatever, um, Tass Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, that, I love that. I think that's so sweet because I feel like that is what creates the significance of, of giving that that's what adds to the value that's that's being given because it doesn't have anything to do with the actual thing itself it has to do with the thought and the time and whatever hoops they had to jump to get through to get to Ozzy Osbourne to get him to sign it you know all of those things I think really sure. play a role you know it speaks volumes as to I think the type of person that you are and mm -hmm. the the love and the care that you put into the things that you do so yeah that's so sweet what is your feeling about like Christmas lists like when people do Christmas lists um what is that 
It's like a like a wish list. Like oh, what were they hoping to get? Yeah, when they're hoping to get. Well, I've never thought about it because I've really not never done one. But I guess if I on the go, I'm a believer of writing things down. So I do believe in that process of yeah. clarifying yourself. And as you're writing down, it helps you to process what you actually want. I guess in this case, it's quite done in a quite commercial way. And also to the earlier point about surprise is, is I believe happiness in life is when reality meets expectation. And by writing down all these things, you're raising the expectation. So the reality, it will be harder for the reality to match or exceed it to achieve happiness. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's like a double-edged sword, you know? Yeah. So I believe greatly in writing down, but maybe it's not the greatest in a commercial way. Maybe you should be writing down um, like a vision board, I guess. Vision maybe board. Or maybe even like the gift is instead of a material thing is that your gift, you're asking for your father to take you to a baseball game or something like that. It's yeah. like um, it's, it's not a material thing, but it's an experience. Then yeah. I think it's pretty beautiful. Yeah, I, I like that. You know, it's funny because it's funny that we bring this up because the last time we spoke, I wanted to ask you about this and I didn't. And I'm glad that you brought it up. But I wanted to to ask you how much of what you're doing now did you manifest in, like wrote down or mm -hmm. had visions about? And um, what is your practice around manifestation? So short answer for Four Sigmatic is most of it. I've written down and I still do annually write down what I want to achieve and the big vision that was made. And I made multiple vision boards with my founding team. Most of that has come true. What I did not see is what is the, not a butterfly effect, but the kind of causality that what happens when you get that mm. is, you know, we were in my, our family farm with our founding team writing down what we want to do. And we're like, oh, come to California. Yeah. <laughs> And then all those things happened and now we're in California. But when you're in Finland, you don't realize what that actually even means. It's kind of like, especially because it's not tied to material, it's tied to like a lifestyle that we pursued mm -hmm. or an impact on people. So there's some of the surprises are very positive. You know, I, I'm wearing my hoodie after a workout and with an air wand and then somebody like, I don't know, comes and hugs me. Because they're like, oh, these products have changed my life. Like, that's beautiful, right? Yeah. A little creepy at first, but it's beautiful, <laughs> you know? It's awesome. It, I'm a little uncomfortable with that kind of stuff. But in the heart of the hearts, it's awesome. <laughs> but then there's also some negative things that come with, with um, you know, with the dreams that you come. But to answer your question, a lot. I used to do even a lot more. And... Um, now I'm more writing down feelings, mm -hmm. how I want to feel, how I want to experience versus actual factual things. Because I've noticed that if I write it down, more often than not, it becomes true. But because of what I want, it might not be what I actually, what I wrote down might not be actually what I wanted. Yeah, So then writing the feeling that you have about it, I think is more powerful. Yes. Or, or maybe more useful in the, in the long term. Yeah, I like that. But I still do write them. Used to write more. Yeah. Um, do you write them hand to paper or type them in like notes on your phone? Uh, hand to paper is where I started and still do most of it. 
But that being said, recently, one of the few places where I don't get bothered and I'm peaceful is in the airplane. And um, I somehow always lose notebooks at the airport. So I've been starting to write them on my phone now <laughs> because I harder to lose that. But no, I mostly write. I don't think it actually matters which one you do as long as you do it with the same intention. But usually when you write it on a piece of paper, the intention is stronger. But if mm. you could match the intention, I don't think it matters how you do it. Yeah. It's just usually we write so little these days yes. and we text so much yeah. is that there is a stronger emotional connection in that yeah. case. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's definitely something more kinesthetic that happens when you uh, are writing it and your brain is working to write something mm -hmm. down on paper. It's almost like you're you're creating a more concrete intention with something like that. Yeah. I, I buy that. I think the main point, though, is that you believe in it and you want it. And there's yeah. an emotional trigger there. Yeah. So for the people listening, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. If there was three things, three gifts that somebody out there listening to this can give to a loved one or their family or friend that didn't require an actual uh something tangible oh easy easy um or can we say that the tangibles are absolutely minimal yes so three massage i mean if you can a foot massage but if not then just like a little neck massage like at least 10 minutes preferably longer and that's huge that's life that's touch that's love that's release there's a lot of there uh, why are you laughing so hard? <laughs> no, because I'm like, have you been asked this before? You you knew right away. I'm like, okay, oh. everybody listening knows no, I just, I know what love language. Side note. Okay, let's oh, continue. I love giving massages. Oh, it's... Love... Wait, so you're saying the, the people listening should give or, or receive, ask for? No, it's give, right? I was talking about giving, but you can obviously request that as well. I have nothing against that. Okay. I was, I was talking about giving. Okay, no, I like that. Well, um, Writing a letter, again, it requires some material things, but a piece of paper and a pen, we'll assume it kind of a minor thing. Yes. Um, if you have gifts that I don't have, drawing would also be great. Um, I'm not really good at that, so I'll rather write. Yeah. But if, um, if you have those skills, that would also be pretty nice, I think. Okay. Or actually, the, this requires more material, but... Polaroid photos are also pretty good. You do a Polaroid and then you put it in the paper. So you kind of like add stuff into the, the letter, letter or the drawing. You kind of add, spice it up. That's yes, kind of what, I like that. It's taking to the next level. Yeah. Um, and then the last one you can achieve many ways, but on to back to the surprise thing is caring for someone when they didn't expect it, checking in. Checking in with someone doesn't cost anything, but checking in, but not when it's like their birthday or Christmas Eve or something like that, but checking in with your loved ones. And you can do it in person. You can probably do it over the phone. Obviously, the more impactful it is, probably the better. But just calling them maybe. Text might be the worst option. So calling them and say like, oh, yeah. I have nothing, but I just wanted to check. How are you? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's really sweet. I love that. All of the things that you talked about are really experiential. 
-hmm. So it, it like requires us to either elicit an experience feeling or to have an experience feeling. And I think the biggest gift you can give is your time and effort. So when you do that in any form of capacity, that's when you really yeah. illustrate. Yeah. I think that the biggest gift that they can give is to get them Santa sold shrooms. <laughs> but, um, okay. It's, I don't know about the biggest, but it is a pretty good white elephant secret Santa gift. So. Yeah. You don't, <clears throat> for the next five years, you don't have to worry about what are you getting on a <laughs> white elephant. You take Santa salt shrooms and put it in a wrapper and wait for uh, someone to open it. And it's like, what? Oh, that's so great. Okay, and just two more questions because I, I want to be respectful of sure. your time. And this is a bonus episode for everybody listening. So this is very exciting for me to get to spend time with you to do this. Um, what, what do you want for Christmas this year? Um, for everybody to buy Santa Soul shrooms. <laughs> uh, I, right now, I'm, because that was a joke, but kind of all jokes aside, I do have spent a lot of time in the last few years to think about the themes around this book, mm -hmm. about how we've taken these sacred holy days and we've commercialized them. And if... <clears throat> I don't know how to quantify this and I don't have like a clear number in mind, but, but it would just be nice if more and more people would know where Santa Claus tradition comes from and that we would kind of have a little bit more respect for that celebration and ceremony beyond just its commercial current methods. So that's what I want is that if you're listening to this and you want to give me a Christmas gift, <laughs> tell about the... The book or the story about the history and the Sami people to two people in your life. So just spread the I love that. Spread the message to two new people. Yeah. That would be great. Thank you for that. Um, before we we wrap the interview, I asked you this before, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm curious to see if the answers differed from the last time. So probably. <laughs> well, I'm curious. We'll see. Um, I created this platform as a way for people to um, feel supported, cultivate a community, and really uh, establish the belief system is that we are supported by the universe. The universe works for us and not against us, and we're all radically loved. And it's, it's our privilege to be able to wake up to that within ourselves, right? And to just really see the beauty of life. And so the final two questions for you are, how do you feel radically loved? Mm -hmm. And the second one is, what do you radically love? Can the both of the answers be the same? Chocolate? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I've said that before. You have you? Yeah, I, have. <laughs> I didn't know that you said it before. Uh, I said actually four sigmatic chocolate. Oh, wow. I said, so. I love to make chocolate. I love <laughs> to receive chocolate. I think chocolate is uh, a love food. I think from all the foods in the world, I think chocolate might be the world's number one love food and in all of its meanings. And it triggers PEA, which is a neurotransmitter that makes you feel that you also get triggered when you fall in love. Same chemical, when you eat <clears throat> real chocolate, real cacao, your brain triggers the same way as you if you fall in love. So it's not that far-fetched. And so I'll just give you the truth. My answer is uh, chocolate. <laughs> okay, great. I think that's probably a first. Is it? Yeah, yeah. official. Official. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I'm on the like second that. go around here, so I guess yeah, I had yeah, to yeah. Mix it you up. had to mix it up. You had no, but uh, it's again same as with that when I said I want people to buy Sanazol shrooms, and it was a joke. But the same here is kind of jokey, jokey on chocolate. But I think food is a. You said jokey, jokey. Yeah, <laughs> it's I did. Adorable. <laughs> a food is a great gift to give and receive. I think community and emotional connection happens over food, yeah. and I think. There's chocolate is one of the best foods to gather around, especially with your loved ones. Yeah. It makes you feel radically loved. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, for the people listening, how can they reach you if they have questions or they want to just stay up to date on all of your happenings? Where can they go for more information? Um, I am not greatest at this, but uh, on social media, I am Tero. I am T-E-R-O. Or... Probably even better through Four Sigmatic. So at Four F O U R S I G M A T I C on everywhere mm -hmm. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. And there's a Mushroom Academy if you want to learn more about the mushrooms we didn't talk about today. There's a free e learning course online called the Mushroom Academy. We have a free shroom club. You can go shroomclub.com and join the other shroomers. Uh, <clears throat> so there's a lot of ways if you're interested in the mushroom side of things, but if if it's more about the Santa and the traditions and the culture of the Sami, um, then go to Amazon and pick up Santa Soul Shrooms. Yeah. I think it's a pretty beautiful book as well. I think, I think it's beautiful. I think the illustrations are incredible. I think I love that it's it's a traditional bedtime story book. Mm -hmm. And when I opened it, I was like, of course you did this. <laughs> like I was like, of course Tarot wrote this incredible story and this beautiful tradition based. Uh, story time, you know, and I and I love the story, and I think that everybody listening will really like it too. So, for those of you listening, we are giving away ten free copies of the book. Uh, so, just share this episode on your Instagram stories, however you're listening uh, to this, and tag both myself at Rosie Acosta and at Four Sigmatic to enter a chance to win a free copy. Yay. Yay. All right. Well, thank you so much for just being so awesome. I love spending time with you. We should do this more often. I think so too. Hey everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening. Is there something missing in your life? Is there something that you want to do in the world to create an impact but feel that it's overwhelming? So many of us walk through life feeling unsatisfied, overwhelmed, tired, and desperate for a deeper connection, but don't quite know how to achieve the things that we want in life. Join us this spring at the Dunsky Castle in Scotland for seven days of yoga, meditation, and yoga nidra, all focusing on finding your life's purpose. During our time together, we will learn how and when to take action, how to lead from our heart and not our head, how to break up with our inner critic for good, and dive deep into learning about desire and discipline and how this creates a purposeful life. For more information, go to radicallyloved.com or you can message us at info at radicallyloved.com, subject Scotland. We'll see you soon.